Welcome to Waterbrook Church, located in Victoria, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today as we worship and fellowship together. To find out more about Waterbrook, go to www.waterbrook.church. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship this morning. What a great text of scripture to be in. This uh, Jesus coming into the house of Zacchaeus. And as we've been singing the songs this morning, one of the things, you know, our hope and our prayer is, is that you would hear those songs from the eyes of Zacchaeus and then hear them from your own eyes. What an amazing thing that he would hunt us down, that Christ would come for us, come looking for us, come to rescue us. We are going to take communion at the end of the service, and I want you to be mindful of that as we're waking, working our way through the scriptures. Uh, my hope is that you will rejoice in verse 10. Look at verse 10 of uh, Luke 19. Because in verse 10, we have the theme of the Gospel of Luke. And in verse 10, we have the theme of the New Testament. And in verse 10, we have the theme of the entire Scriptures. This is what the Bible is about. And this is the theme of every Christian's life. Here it is. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Aren't you glad for that? Uh, You just have to get that today. I mean, ask that the Holy Spirit would give it to you and, and let you be gripped by it because we can, we can become familiar. We even sang that this morning. We become um, uh, accustomed to, uh, to familiarized by the story of the gospel. The story of the gospel is an incredible miracle. Um, that God would come, that Christ would come, the Son of Man would come to seek and to save the lost should blow us away. But let's just be honest. We don't find it easy to be blown away because of all the things that are in our minds, so we need the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why we have the Word of God. I love rescue stories. I lived up in the north for a long time, and there are rescue stories all the time up there. And I remember getting up one morning and turning on uh, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, listening to the morning show, and they were interviewing a guy who a couple days before had been out on a fishing trip with his buddies. And when he was out fishing on the second day of the trip, I think it was, he decided to get up early, 6 a.m., and uh, went out to the outhouse uh, before they were getting going for the day. And while he was out there, a bear sticks its head around the corner, grabs him by the leg, and begins to drag him into the woods. Uh, he didn't realize, he's like, he was a big guy, you know, about six foot tall or so, not as big as Mike tall, but you know, he's bigger than me. Everybody's a big guy. <laughs> and uh, uh, was dragging him into the woods, and all he could do was shout in the, in the morning hours, a bear, help! You know, he shouted as much as he could. And his buddies fortunately heard him, his cries, and came out. They couldn't see him, but they could hear where the bear had dragged him. And so they went running uh, in that direction, and when they came into the clearing where he was, the bear had flipped him over, pinned him down, and grabbed him by the back of the head with its teeth. At that moment, at that moment, the bear dropped him. And he looked up, and his buddy was standing there with the gun, and his buddy gave him one word of advice, put your face in the dirt. He said he stuck his face in the dirt, and he heard one shot, and the bear slumped over. One shot, and the bear went down. Um, he's on the radio laughing while he's telling that story from the hospital. They're interviewing from the hospital. I had to listen as he was laughing. I'm going, why is he laughing? And I think he's amazed he's alive, stunned that he was rescued. Aren't, aren't you glad you're rescued when you need to be rescued? 
My dear friends, you and I were not in the jaws of the bear still alive. Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Sin had done its work and Christ showed up. Christ came to rescue us and to deliver us. And so we are meant to read this text of Scripture and the Gospel of Luke with this staggering sense of amazement. God, you delivered me. Christ, you came and rescued me. And apart from you, I would be dead under the wrath of God, still in my sins. But thank you, Jesus. You showed up and you conquered sin and death. We should never lose that. And there's multiple reasons why we should never lose our amazement over our sin. Sometimes we think when we hear a story like that, wow, that's an amazing story. And sometimes you hear the conversion stories of other Christians and you think to yourself, wow, they've got a great testimony. My testimony is so boring, right? I grew up in a church and I just sort of gradually became, became aware of Jesus. And the more I became aware of Jesus, I sensed I knew him. Friends, do not marvel. There is no non-miraculous stories of people coming to Christ. We just don't understand how bad we were, how lost we were. You can be, as, as Luke teaches us, we can be as deeply dark in our religion as we are in our rebellion. And Jesus as Christ has come to save us. That's, that was Paul's experience. Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But God had to come and rescue him because in his self-righteousness he was persecuting the church. Listen to Paul's words in 1 Timothy chapter 1, 15-17. Paul says, this saying is trustworthy and deserving full acceptance. And that's that theme that we just read in verse 10. What, is, what truth is worthy of full acceptance? Christ Jesus came into the world to what? Is that worthy of acceptance, friends? Is that a trustworthy statement? This is worthy of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Saul, Paul, Saul of Tarsus says, and I am? The worst. He's not faking it there. He realizes that his religiosity and self-righteousness and education was damning to him. Locking him in. And Christ had to confront him on the road to Damascus. But it wasn't only so that he could glory in salvation. It's because other people needed to see that message. Hear that message. The risk you have when you're not amazed about your salvation is you will not share it with others who need to know that there is a Savior like that. That's why when Gabe stands up here, stops in the middle of a song, and says, I am a very bad sinner, he's not faking it. He's stopping and being amazed because that's true for all of us. And he's saying it so that you might have hope. Singing it. So Paul says, but I received mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the per his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. You are meant to look at Saul of Tarsus, who becomes Paul the apostle, and you say, well, if he can be saved, there's hope for me. Amen. When I preach every Sunday, you go, well, if he can be saved, there's hope for me. When Gabe leads, you go, if he can be saved, there's hope for me. When we look around on Sunday mornings, we're not to look at those who have performed and, and proven themselves, but rather to declare this, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's the message. And the other reason, above all of those reasons, that we ought to be amazed is that last verse Paul says, to the King of Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, 
be honor and glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You see, what we have in this Luke 19 is a counter to Luke 18. In Luke 18, there was a rich ruler. Zacchaeus is a rich chief tax collector. He's a ruler. In the previous chapter, a rich ruler who is highly religious comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, well, obey the laws. And he obeys the laws of the commandments. He said, I've done that since I was young. Then Jesus says, I got one thing left for you. Sell everything you have and follow me. And it said, that man went away very sad. And Jesus' disciples immediately looked and they went, panic. If that dude can't be saved, what chance do we have? And they said, who then can be saved? And what did Jesus say? With man, it's impossible. But with God, all, all things are possible with God. And so we turn to the very next chapter and we encounter a rich man. A rich man who is determined in his rebellion, rejected because he's, he's a traitor amongst the Jews. He is making his wealth at the expense of the Jews under the Roman Empire. He's about as despicable of a human being you could be, cast out from his people. This man, Jesus, comes to and rescues. We're not to look at him and go, wow, we, can we imitate Zacchaeus in, in terms of things that he's done? You and I are to say, if he can be saved, I can be saved. If he can be saved, sinners can be saved. David Garland says, in the earlier story, Jesus observed that it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the reign of God. This bombshell prompts his uh, listeners to ask, who then can be saved? And then he writes, this incident with Zacchaeus offers an answer which Jesus pronounces that today salvation has come to this house. Tom Schreiner writes, we see in this text that God can do the impossible such as saving those like Zacchaeus, who was enslaved to riches. So, so let me just stop and say this. If you came this morning and you were like glancing around you and going, I just don't fit, I don't belong, I'm not righteous, all that, just stop. Look at this text of Scripture and answer the question, why did Jesus Christ come into the world? To seek and to save sinners, the lost. This isn't about you, this is about him. It's about the degree of your righteousness to the degree of his mercy and grace in coming to us. He came to seek and to save the lost. But if you came and you know that story and you've grown unfamiliar with it, can I challenge you today just to st stop and ask God, show me again what a miracle it is that you've saved me, that you've rescued me. Uh, some of our small groups are going through the sermons afterwards, going through the Gospel of Luke and asking questions and, and studying this. Can I say, if your small group is studying this text, why don't you spend the next time in your small group just talking about the story of your salvation? Sharing testimonies. And talking about the miracle of how God came and rescued you. This is really helpful. So as we go to communion, let's think about the miracle that we're seeing in this text. Miracle number one that you and I need to see. The miracle is that Zacchaeus seeks Jesus. Now it's a miracle, not because we are to attribute it to Zacchaeus, but you and I need to stop and think about the fact that Zacchaeus is 
seeking Jesus because Jesus is first seeking Zacchaeus. That's how you read the text. Look at this passage of scripture in chapter 19, verse 1. Who do we begin with? Verse 1 says, he entered Jericho and was passing through. Who is that? Christ. He's going to Jericho and he's passing through. Where is he going? Luke said it over and over again. He's on his way to Jerusalem. So on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus goes to Jericho. And he's going there because Zacchaeus lives there. He's intentional. Listen to this text of Scripture. It says in verse uh, 2, it says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax um, collector and was rich. So here's the counter to the previous chapter of the rich young ruler. Here's another rich ruler, a tax collector who is rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was, Jesus was about to pass this way. Now you and I, as we watch this text unfold, we are meant to understand that Jesus has determined to come and seek Zacchaeus out. There is a plan, a purpose here. On his way to Jerusalem, he's popping in on him, checking in on him intentionally. Tom Schreiner writes, Jesus is seeking Zacchaeus. Jesus supernaturally knows Zacchaeus' name. He talks to Zacchaeus, and he says, Zacchaeus, I must come to your house today. And the word in the Greek, day, it is necessary. He is saying it in, a, in, a, in a, a firm and strong way. Zacchaeus, I must come to your house today. Jesus is on a mission from God, and it includes Zacchaeus. Aren't you glad that in the purpose and plan of God, he comes to seek and to save the lost? Seek and to save the lost. I want to tell you this. That's what Christ has done. And I also need to declare it. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means Jesus is still seeking and saving the lost today. And I trust and say today that maybe it is this day that God is seeking you. In your heart of hearts. Today you know he's seeking you. Philip Riken says, Zacchaeus may not have been tall in stature, but his biggest problem was that he was short on godliness. Jesus is coming to him. Most tax collectors were sinners in those days. Zacchaeus was more of a sinner than most. As chief collector, he was the ultimate middleman, skimming the proceeds off the customs revenue on its way to Rome. No wonder Zacchaeus was so rich, he was the kingpin of the Jericho tax cartel. He was a bad sinner. Paul was a bad sinner. Do you realize there are appointed moments where particular people are, sa are saved in order to make a very clear point? And the very clear point is Christ came to save sinners. Underline sinners. Emphasize sinners. It's not his righteousness. It's not his seeking power. I don't think he knew what he was getting into when he heard what the crowd was going on. He had heard of Jesus and he ran out and he was short and he climbed up. But he was an outcast. He was despised. He was rejected. But this one, the Lamb of God, would be despised and rejected for him and come and save him. My dear friends, 
This story is not about us seeking God. It's about God seeking us in Christ. Listen to Romans chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one, what? Seeks for God. There's nobody that has a testimony here that can say, I was really, it doesn't mean you weren't seeking and interested in all of that. Zacchaeus is running out. His will is engaged. He's going out there, but he doesn't know what he's about to encounter. Whatever his motivations are, it does not matter. It's because Christ was coming. Zacchaeus, it is necessary for me to come to your house. It didn't start with Zacchaeus' felt need. It started with the determined with a determined and gracious Savior. Can you let that sink in today? Despite all your sin, despite everybody else's opinion, despite all your religion, your self-righteousness, everything that could hinder you. You see, the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, is a recounting of everything that would hinder somebody from coming to Jesus. All the people who have already been decided are outcasts, unworthy. Either they're diseased. Some of you feel this way. You're diseased. You feel like your disease is a sign of God's lack of favor towards you. That, was, that echoes all the way through the Gospel of Luke. And Jesus comes to say, I have come to reverse the curse. To turn it back. To change the ultimate destiny of all of you. And I want to, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. So here's the thing I want you to ask. I, I want you to think in the Gospel of Luke, what are all the things that would hinder somebody from coming to Jesus and how Jesus is greater than all those things? Religious pride, that's a big one. I'll uh, can I confess a sin here? Um, <laughs> you don't have to say yes so quickly. <laughs> Go ahead if you want to, brother. <laughs> That's when you know your friends are in the crowd. <laughs> so this morning I got through the, through the worship before I was coming up and there were like several typos in the, in the words. And I, I turned around to Karen because I know Karen Kowalke is a detail person and I go, we better fix some of those things and I'll send it back there. Then I got up to preach and in my sermon I had written in my notes, I still have it here, where is it? Um, anyway, somewhere in here, I said that Jesus came uh, to save the Jews and the Greeks in their sin. I had the word Jesus and the Greeks in their sin. I had total heresy in there, right? And I got done, and I walked out to the lobby, and Karen says, I think that was for you. <laughs> and I just looked at her and said, you're right. You know? <laughs> I mean, the smallest things in our lives, you just look and think, man, I got, I've got sin all over the place. And I put a list of there. What, what are the sins that make you think Jesus wouldn't come near you? You could be the religious pride, unbelief, like this, wealth, love of money, familiarity. People are so familiar with Jesus, even his own family. They won't come to him. Spiritual abuse. I mean, all over this text, there are women who are treated with oppression by the, the religious establishment. Public shame, race, racial alienation, disease, death, false doctrine, demons. It's all in here, isn't it? 
And despite all of that stuff, those kind of voices that come back in our head and say, you know what, there's no way I can come to Jesus. I've got too much baggage, too much background, opinions of people, struggle with sin, religious pride. Stop, stop, stop. Jesus Christ came, the Son of Man came, to seek and to save the lost. Hear that above every voice that you have in your head. And here's my statement. Is that a miracle? Is it a miracle to you? I also want to ask the question, if it's not been a miracle, can it be your miracle today? What's keeping you from seeking Jesus? What's keeping you from seeking Jesus today? Number two, miracle number two, Zacchaeus joyfully received Jesus. Listen to this. Verse five, Jesus came to the place, looked up and said to, Zac- said to him, Zacchaeus, he knew his name, though they had not met before. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Isn't that an amazing thing? It says here, what I want you to see, Zacchaeus joyfully received Jesus into his house because Jesus had already decided to welcome Zacchaeus into his house. Now, um, let me tell you another story from this morning because the Lord's been working me over all over this morning. <laughs> so I go out into the lobby between the services and Katie Campbell, one of our resident women theologians in the church, is lit up at the back door. She's like, can't wait for Sunday school. And I said, you know, she's, I said, she said, did you see it? And I go, what? She goes, do you know what we're teaching today? And I love this. So Lord, you, Mary Ann said, after I had eye surgery last week said I can't believe we studied the healing of the blind man last week when so many of us were having eye surgery and all of these things well Katie says so this morning we're we're studying Judges chapter 7 and the Judges chapter 7 is when Israel goes to Jericho and wins the battle and they leave Jericho to go to Ai to go into battle and they get defeated. And they wonder why they get defeated and they discover that one of the families, the family of Achan, has stolen silver from Jericho. And at the end of it, they draw lots finding out and they show up at his house, at his tent. And he confesses and Katie Katie can't wait to teach Sunday school because she says, when they came, he and his household were put to death. So kids, parents, that's what your kids are learning in Sunday school today. (laughs) And Katie says this, now we can teach these kids that there was another man who the Lord showed up at his door who had stolen from Jericho, but this time there was a Savior. I just tell you, we did not, I did not see that. I did not see that. But Katie's teaching this lesson going, he had to come. Because in the Old Testament, when they stole from Jericho, they had no redeemer. But this man stealing from the people of Jericho. Imagine now, just thinking that. This man is going to Zacchaeus' house. And Jesus walks in and garnished all over the house. Decorated all over the house are the wealth and the riches and the things that he has taken as a tax collector, a chief tax collector from the place people of Jericho. And Jesus has come to make something clear. The Son of Man has come to come to seek and to save that which is lost. This sermon's better than the last sermon. My part, sinful. All new stuff, better. Right? Isn't that great news? 
So now when you hear Jesus saying, I must come to your house, you realize he is coming to undo what was happening in the Old Testament. That's your Bible, friends. Are you amazed at the miracle that Christ showed up in your life? Oh, they grumbled. It says they grumbled. It says he, he's eating with sinners. This is the complaint against Jesus all the way along. In Luke chapter 15, the complaint is this man welcomes sinners, receives sinners. Jesus is not going to Zacchaeus' house in order that Zacchaeus might welcome him. Jesus is going to Zacchaeus' house because Zacchaeus knows his sin, knows his alienation, knows he's been cut off, and Jesus is going to tell him that I am going to take away the sin of your buried treasure, your love of money that has kept you. I'm coming to deliver you. If he did that for Zacchaeus, he can do it for you. If he did that for Zacchaeus, he can do it for me. Thank God he does it. And here's the promise in the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 12. This Jesus who receives, this Jesus who welcomes us. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so you and I are about to take communion this morning, and when we take the bread and we drink the cup together, we're sitting at the table with Jesus, and Jesus is saying, you're welcome to my table. Sinners, you're welcome to my table. Lost sinners, you're welcome. Rebellious sinners, self-righteous, rich tax collectors, you are welcome at my table. My dear friends, Christ has come to welcome sinners to himself. Will you welcome Christ today? Not in your righteousness, not in your correction, not in your perfection. Just stay there sitting like a mess that you are. And say, thank you, Jesus. The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. You should rejoice. Right? Zacchaeus, that day, Salvation has come to his house. Third thing in this miracle that I want to th- and finally to see before we take uh, communion together is uh, miracle three is Zacchaeus gladly gives up his pride and his possessions. Zacchaeus repents here. Not only repents, he makes restoration. Zacchaeus was willing to repent and to give up his riches for Christ because Christ was willing to enter the poverty and shame, enter poverty and shame for his salvation. He who was rich became poor, that those who might poor might become rich in him. That's what's going on here. He was able to give it all up because everything, all of it was, was filthy rags. That's why in our fighter verses week in Philippians chapter three, right? Paul says, "I consider all things lost." Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, my Lord. I'll trade it all in for the riches that are found in Christ Jesus. Philip Ryken says, only God could do such an impossible thing as bringing a rich little thief like this to repentance. He needed Jesus to come seeking to save him. And the same grace is available to us through the cross. Riken tells this great story, uh, thinking of our Brazilian friends back there, of a group of Wycliffe missionaries who went and translated the scriptures into a language called the Mamiande 
uh, language. And the people that speak this language, there's only 340 of them. Uh, isn't, uh, isn't that a, a great testimony that some people will spend their lives so that 340 people can get the Bible in their language? And so when they translated it and they finished it, they worked with the people who did the Jesus movie to film it in the language of the people so they could share the gospel with them. So they acted out the gospel in the Jesus movie and it came to the story of Zacchaeus. And in the story of Zacchaeus, they, ha- they, they got one of the people from the community to play the role and to speak the part, but he had a reputation, kind of like Zacchaeus, of having ripped off his neighbor's and his friends. He wasn't a good guy. I don't know why they chose him for the part, but he got the part. And so every time they were filming them, they came to the part where they had him say, I stole. Confessing, you know, I stole. And uh, every time he got to that part, he wouldn't say it. He moved to the third person and said, he stole. And they're going, no, no, you're acting out the part. You have to be Zacchaeus. And so they filmed the film, and then later they showed it to the community. And they come to this chapter, Luke 19, where Zacchaeus is coming to Jesus and this man shows up as Zacchaeus. And when he comes to the point in the film where he says, I stole, there are tears streaming down his face. Streaming down his face. He realized in this moment that that Zacchaeus was him and that Jesus had come to save him. And in that sense, this story was replayed out in his own life as his glorious salvation. My dear friends, you and I are meant to do exactly the same thing. The story of Zacchaeus is your story. The story of Zacchaeus is my story. Here is the miracle of miracles. Christ Jesus came to give us life and we can shed everything, sin and religion and self-reliance and riches. Now, I just want to ask you the question this morning. Have you been hesitating to come to Jesus because there's something you're holding on to? Let it go. Let it go. Take hold of Christ who has taken hold of you. Cry out to Jesus. Look to him. This is a trustworthy saying, deserving full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is a trustworthy saying. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. This is absolutely marvelous and a miracle that you ought to rejoice in. My dear friends, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why walk out clinging to your idols when you can walk out hand in hand and step with Jesus by faith? Jesus said, to Zacchaeus and to those in the household today, right? This man, save. This man is a son of who? Abraham. He's a descendant of Abraham. The promises of Abraham belong to him. How was Abraham saved? By faith. In the previous section, there was a tax collector and a Pharisee who went up to pray. The tax collector couldn't raise up his hands. He beat his chest and said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said, that man went away. That tax collector went away justified. Jesus looks at Zacchaeus in his house, and he says, this chief tax collector is going away justified. 
he's made righteous. Friends, I hope this is not old news, boring news. This is the best news there is. It's a miracle that any of us seek Jesus, but it's because he sought us, right? It's a miracle that we, any of us in this place today would, would even desire to, to, to welcome Jesus, but it's because Jesus desired to welcome us into his house. It's amazing that any of us would let go of everything we've held on to, except that Jesus has showed us he's the only thing worth holding on to and that he will never let us go. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to take the bread, help us to take it with hearts of faith. Amazed that the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus had to go to Jericho to do in Jericho what couldn't have happened without him. To deliver a house, a household from their sin and set them free, forgiven forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you've done it there. You've done it in Brazil. You've done it all over the world. Keep doing it, Jesus. And we would say to the King, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be glory and honor and dominion and power, both now and forevermore. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy. Hear our prayer through Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about Waterbrook Christian Church located in Victoria, Minnesota, go to www.waterbrook.church. Have a blessed day.